You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ladies and gents, yes, sir, we're right back at you guys. Another entertaining, outstanding show. Pat P, you fired up? I'm ready, man. Oh, man, listen. Oftentimes on our shows, we get an opportunity to talk to a living legend, meeting a legend that is still here living. So with that being said, it's only right that we shower <laughs> them now with their flowers. On this episode, 11-time pro bowler, nine-time all-pro, a long-time Pittsburgh Steeler, Super Bowl champion, with the Baltimore Ravens. I got to whisper that because you know how. You know, yeah. we got a little ride right. I got to whisper that. <laughs> Pro Football Hall of Famer. His career stats. Um, man, you know, back and forth when you're in the barbershop, when you're in the hair salons, you're talking about the GOAT at this position, the GOAT at that position. His career stats, 71 interceptions, 32 fumble recoveries, 17 touchdowns, 12 Ooh. interceptions returned for a touchdown. He had one fumble return for a touchdown, one fumble recovery. Two kickoff uh, return touchdowns and two punts, e- equaling out to a total of 17. No other than the great Steeler Nation stand up. Rod Woodson is joining us here on All Things Cover. Pat <laughs> Peterson, Private Fat Man, we fired up. Rod, how you doing? How you feeling? Man, I appreciate you guys, man. Uh, I'm feeling good, you know, living in Vegas, loving it out here. Nice and toasty out here today, 105 degrees. So when it's like that, you know, we normally stay in the pool or in the house. Uh, we'll get we'll get out a little bit late, but uh, I'm enjoying life, man. I've been blessed over and over and over. My kids are healthy. My wife is good. You know, rest of my extended family's healthy, and that's all that really matters. No question, no question, man. You look good. Look like you still come out that T step a little bit too. You know, <laughs> no, from my no, viewpoint. That, no more. that 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 right knee burning up right now. That right <laughs> knee burning. Up. Oh man, there's so much we can talk about, and we plan on doing so in this episode. But first and foremost, for me, according to one of your assistant coaches in one high school game, listeners and viewers, check this out. I want to make sure this is true. Right. I don't know if this is this is a, a folklore or, or or something someone thought about, but they said you once scored five touchdowns on six total touches. Is that true? Yes. How is that against, even possible? I think it was against the Bishop, I think it was Bishop Wanger in one of our big rival games. And um you know, I was, I played offense, but you know they didn't want to give me the rock a bunch, so they gave it to the other <laughs> dude. And I, so I played, I played safety, but safety. I think I got a pick six. I think I had one reception for a touchdown. Um, I think I had a kick return and punt return. 
something like that for touchdowns. That was a long time ago, man. I can't even. I can't remember that part. But but the moral of the story is it's true. It's true. It's true. You had six touches for five touchdowns in high school. Yes, it's true. When at what point in your football journey? When did you realize you were built differently than everybody else? Like you just had a special skill set. When did you realize that? You know, I don't, I never, you know, I, I'm not like that. You know, I don't really never. I never when did think, it feel different then for you? How about that? I, I put it this way. It's like I, I, I played football when I was nine years old because my brother started playing. Mm-hmm. A little power football. And then um, we swam competitive first before we even did football. And then about... When I was about 12, 13, I started, I said, you know what? I'm done with swimming. I'm going to start running track. Then I started getting a little faster, a little bit faster, a little bit faster. Got to high school. Even when I got to high school, like I knew I was fast. So I thought I might go to school for anything on a track scholarship because I was, you know, my, my, uh, my sophomore year, you know, I was second in the country or second in the state in the, in the lows and, fifth in the in the state in the highs and in the following year I won it my junior year I won both but I wasn't even on mention all state in football mm. so I didn't I really never thought about ball like that and then I grew also within that junior year to senior year man I grew like it was crazy I grew like two inches gained like 20 25 pounds wow shit mm. and everything job. clicked and they're like oh yeah you can play football and then, uh, you know, my main thing when I went to college is like, whoever I was going to go to school, I had to be able to run track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Purdue was the one that said, hey, listen, you sign with us, you're going to be our starting free safety, and, and you're going to run track. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Then I went to the other schools. They were all him hauling around. And when I got done with my last one, I was like, yeah, Purdue's the easy choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I never really thought that I was going to be that dude. I knew I was fast. Mm-hmm. And I really knew I was fast. I think I was about 14. And you know how you race your, your you know, you, you always race your older brothers, you know, you do, you compete. And I normally was racing my brother from telephone pole to telephone pole on Reno street in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I couldn't get him. I was about 12. And he was, he was at that time, he was 16. Mm-hmm. Said, go coom. I got him. I was like, Ooh, yeah, I'm a little, I'm fat. yeah, I got a little speed on me now. <laughs> I never thought I was going to be that dude, right? Yeah. I never thought I was going to, I had that type of ability. I always knew I was fast. I always mm-hmm. knew that. But I never really knew if I could play at a high level on the football side of it. Because uh, really my sophomore year in high school, I quit football. Because my coaches were cussing me out and, you know, you know, and I'm like, yo, man. You don't got to cuss me out. Just ask me something to do. I'll do it. Yeah, right. I said, my mom and dad don't talk to me like that. <laughs> and then uh, and then, luckily for me, I had a guy you know, on the track side of it. My track coach talked me off the cliff, said, hey, man, don't let nobody ever talk you out of what you love to do. Mm. So I came back to the I came back to the football team, apologized to the coach. Uh, he, I mean, he kept cussing me out like, you know, like that, I mean, that's just the way he, he, he coached. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that that allowed me to to realize that coaches are going to try to coach you hard. But for me personally. Man, I never really thought I was that type of guy. I knew I played well. I knew I made a lot of big plays in games even when I was at Purdue. But I never, I never thought about going to the pros. You know, we we never had that conversation in my household with my boys in the locker room. 
it just all kept coming along, kept chugging. And then they're like, shoot, man, you might get, you might be a first round pick. I'm like, who me? Like, 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 like my dad, my dad didn't even finish high school, man. I'm not going to be no first round pick. Mm. And, uh, and it happened. So for me personally, fellas, I've never really thought, I mean, I thought I was that dude. Like when, you know, in our neighborhood, you know, how you go to neighborhood, you go to the park, mm. you get your little pickup basketball games and baseball games and all that stuff. So I thought I was, I thought I could compete. But I never knew I, I I was like that, like that dude. Yeah, you know, right. you, I was the, a, a guy, but I never thought I was that guy. Right. Um, until probably, it probably really didn't click for me until probably till my junior year, and, and and I was making a lot of big plays, and they were like, "Yeah, you, if you leave this year, you might go first round." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna leave. I don't know about if I'm gonna go first round. I don't know if that's gonna happen, but I'll stay one more year. <laughs> and she, I got picked by the Steelers the following the year. History. Yes, Man, sir. That, that's awesome. I, I know you, you, you we, uh, Brian hit on the uh, on the story early on uh, in the segment about you're touching the ball. So me and you share something in common. You know, we, we both have uh, all pros at two different positions at punt return and uh, as a defensive back. Um, and you also did something much more gruesome than I would ever thought about doing you you returned kicks and punts for eight full years like what what went into the mindset of that and was that of a more of a, a ball hawk mentality or just something that you really really love to do yeah this man I, you know I always thought I could play both ways right so when I got to Purdue I thought I could play both ways and I begged my coaches they wouldn't let me do it I did in high school um, but they wouldn't let me do when I got to Purdue. And then my last year at Purdue, Leon Burnett knew he was going to leave. Um, and he let me play both ways my senior year. And then when I got to when I got to Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh is old school. I mean, Chuck Noel was there. Chuck was like, he he wasn't hearing it about playing both ways and all that. He's like, man, you learn how to play defense. You learn how to play defensive back. Yeah. That's what you need to learn how to do. <laughs> so I'm like, the only way I can touch the ball on a daily was kick return, punt returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when I first got there, Louis Lips was still there. So yeah, Louis, Louis Lips. Returner. <laughs> yeah, Louis was still there. So Louis was returning punts. Now I started returning kicks. But when I first got there, I wasn't doing that right away because I didn't sign my rookie contract until October 28th, my rookie wow. year. So I only played like six or seven games my rookie year. Uh-huh. You were holding out. You know, so holding out. But that's the same year – you guys are a little younger, but I was the same year that they we had the uh, holdout the stri- for the, the strike. Mm, we should, we should yeah, yeah, I guess I guess it was a strike. <laughs> yeah. and they had the scab players; they would call them right. And they had those guys come in, and I and now we knew that was going to happen. So we we're like, hey, instead of instead of just signing and just sitting around, how about I'm gonna, I told myself I'm not going to sign. You know, I love the Steelers. But they didn't want to give me the money that I thought I deserved because I thought I was going to be a like a third or a third player taken off the board, and I became the tenth. And I yep. was like, "Listen, you, I know you. You say I'm the tenth player taken. I'm saying, hey, my values are the third player taken." Mm-hmm. I remember I was talking. Um, I can't remember who the uh, oh, uh, I'm trying to think of the uh, GM, the, the guy that did the the. The, the contracts and negotiations for the Steelers. Um, man, uh, I can't remember his name. He ended up Back going to the Texans, if I'm not mistaken. 
if we're talking about the yeah, same guy. So, but, but anyway, he came out to, to L.A. because I was running track. And uh, he said, listen, we're going to give you a million dollars, million dollar signing bonus. I was like, ooh, that's a lot of money. And I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> but in my head, I was like, we're not going to play yet. And I still think I'm, I'm worth being the third player taken. And at the end, I was like, listen, I, I don't have I've never had money in my pocket. I don't know what it feels like to have money in my pocket. Uh, I respect everything that you guys are offering me. But I still think I'm worth X, Y, Z. If, if Mr. Rooney and, and the Steelers want to talk to me, I'll be in East France tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I got on the plane the next day and went to East France. And, you know, once the once the, the negotiation for the little uh, strike kind of simmered up and, and they kind of had decided what, you know, the different uh, sides agreed upon, that's when I knew I, was, I wanted to play. I mean, I always wanted to play football. I was just waiting for them to get it all done. And then I signed my contract, came in with the Steelers. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that being in that black and gold, my that rookie year and having an opportunity to play where I knew Chuck wasn't going to let me do both ways. So I said, I got to return kick. That's the way I'm going to touch the ball. Right. Either that or get picks. Right. Well, you got a lot, you got of, a lot of those too. <laughs> that, that came over time. That no came question. over time. Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, Rod, how surprised were you that you were still available at the 10th pick? Because Chuck Noe famously told Tony Dudgy, you know, to not bother putting together a scouting report on you because you were not supposed to be there at 10. As you mentioned, you felt like you would be in the top three, top five category. But how surprised were you on draft day 1987 when you were still available at 10? Yeah, I mean, it's it was what it was. I, I was just happy that people were thinking about me. I'm, I'm sitting in my... My mom and dad's home on Jefferson Street in Fort Wayne, Indiana. It wasn't real big. You know, they were talking about this guy getting drafted. You know, one of the, you know, especially early in the in the, in the draft, you know, to even be thought about being drafted like that from where I came from. I mean, I was, it was, it was pretty awesome. Now I'm glad, I'm blessed that I did move slide down because I could have went there you know, San Diego and Cleveland and all the other places. And I slid mm-hmm. down and went to one of the, you know, I think one of the best organizations in all of sports in the Pittsburgh Steelers. So sliding down to them and having Tony Dungy as my coach my first couple of years mm-hmm. was a was a blessing. I mean, God has always had his hands on me. Uh, I needed Tony my first couple of years in the league because I was a little hothead. I thought I was all that, you know, mm-hmm. and Tony never raised his voice. He just looked at you and said, son, what were you thinking about? And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, coach. <laughs> That's why I did it. I didn't know what I'm doing. <laughs> also, too, for me, a real quick, Pat P., I've heard stories about Chuck Noll, and clearly he's one of the all-time greats. But what was it like to play for him, you know, a guy that orchestrated those 70 dynasties with great players and great uh, uh, defensive dominance, you know, how was it playing for Chuck? No. I mean, Chuck was old school as old school can get. I remember one of our first practices back then, they didn't have a time limit on practice. And it wasn't none of that stuff. I mean, I mean, we got to, it was probably, I'll say, I don't know. I can't say halfway, but about halfway through practice. And it was kind of going sideways. You guys know when some bad practices are going that hey. certain way. 
man, he's like, oh, you, this is what you guys want to do? Let's he, start this whole thing he started over. over. <laughs> oh, Lord. I, I looked at, I looked at Donnie Shell. I said, we're starting a whole practice over? Like the whole thing. <laughs> he was like, yeah. I'm like, oh, my. That's what I was like. This ain't college no more, boy. This is for real. But he oh, was, yeah. he was old school. But the one thing that I was, he was great at is that he always gave you nuggets about life, life after football. And one of the first things that he told me is that this game is played more two to one mental to physical. Mm. And when he first said it, like obviously I'm 21, 22 years old coming out. I'm not really thinking about it. But years passed, uh, another coach kind of said the same, same thing to me, Rod Russ, after Tony Dungy left. And then it kind of hit. But but Chuck was an old philosopher. He read a lot of literature. He put that inside of his little game plans. Uh, he was no nonsense now. I mean, mm-hmm. first thing he told me, if you don't tackle, you ain't playing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I play Midwest football, man. We tackling in the Midwest. We play, yeah. we tackling in the streets in the wintertime in the Midwest. So I'm good with that. <laughs> oh, you tackling. <laughs> oh, you got that's one thing to say, you got to tackle. Yeah. Right. And I don't know if that's why, you know, everybody gives me a hard time, especially when they watch the, my clips. You know, I got them, I had some big old shoulder pads. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and, I, and I kept those shoulder pads everywhere I went. Uh-huh. You know, so, but my whole 17 years, I, I played with the same shoulder pads. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it did me justice, you know. I mean, I got banged up a little bit on the right shoulder a little bit, yeah. but uh-huh. that was pretty good. It, well, it's come, jumping off of uh, coach, uh, one great coach to another great coach and uh, Dick LeBeau. He joined the great organization yeah. that you, uh, as we all have an opportunity to, uh, to play for in 92. How did he change the organization for the better? Man, Dick, man, Dick's the dude. Dick's the goat. Hey, hey, we just had him on uh last episode. He had some real good things to say about you, by the way. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Dick, man, I love, I, I love Dick LeBeau, man. Love him to death. Um, Dick played at a high level. Yes, he did. I mean, he got 61, 62 picks. 62. At the corner, 62 yeah. at the yeah. corner spot. Um. The one thing I loved about Dick, he knew what it was like to be when he crossed that white line. He knew what it felt like. Mm. And his system just let athletes play. I mean, he just let go play. And one thing I loved about Dick, probably more than anything, is he lets you be you inside of his own system. As long Mm. as you don't go too rogue and too cowboy on him, too far out there, he's going to let you be you inside of the system. But that system is so fun to play in. And he's so cool and so laid back where. Mm where he can sing, cite poetry. I mean, what he did, was he, you know, what he did on Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. I, his I, tenure as a, was as the a, night as before Christmas. Yeah. Dude, dude, that, <laughs> I remember the first time he did that, right? And we sitting down there, we were sitting there, we're like, hey, you know, Coach LeBeau's going to come up, me going to recite the night before Christmas. Man, yeah. me, me and Carnell Lake and, and Greg Lowe were like, hey, no, wait, how are you going to recite a whole book? <laughs> and man, sure enough, bro, he said the whole thing with, I mean, I mean, sound effects and everything. I mean, one of the best things I've ever seen any coach ever do. But Dick LeBeau, that dude just changed. He changed my mindset. Well, first, a guy named Rod Russ really helped me. So after Tony left, Rod Russ came in and kind of said the same thing. So that was that was uh, Chuck's last two years in he's the one that really challenged me to be a man and learn the game more mental than physical. Mm-hmm. And so we met, it was me, 
and Rob Russ in his meeting in his office space in the offseason. And the first question he asked me was, how many formations can offense get into? And I was like, oh, shoot, uh, five, 750. And he was like, uh, how many, how many, pers- how many um, eligible receivers? And I was like, five. He said, they ain't getting five formations. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, they get in pro. You know, back then they got in slot. I mean, they still mm-hmm. get in slot. You know, they used to get in triples, but they get in slot. One back, they get in two by two or three by one, and then go empty. He said, but what they do, they would spin different, they would put you in different personnel groupings, move these different pieces around, find a formation, and they're going to run so many plays out of that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you got to be freaking kidding me. So we had all those guys. And then after that, Dick comes in, and Dick just lets me be me because I jumped out of my stance in press. And most of the coaches try to get me to correct that. And Dick was like, what, when you, what do you mean when you jump, you, you widen your base? Yeah. Yeah. So my, I had a narrow base uh-huh. and I to move my feet to get going. I jumped them out about six inches. Uh-huh. So it gave me, it gave me a little wider base where I can go either way. And it was just a natural thing I did. Cause I didn't play corner throughout my life. I played safety my whole, my whole life. And then right, my last you. Purdue, I played corner and little safety. And then I ran my 40 at the combine. They said, uh, you're going to play corner. What was that 40 town, Rob, by the way? That was a 428. <laughs> Were you disappointed? Were you disappointed at that 428? Or, or nah, right? nah, I mean, to, to be honest, to tell that story, that was back in that was back in 87. I didn't know they had a combine. So, you know, I'm down at Purdue running track. And they mm-hmm. said, hey, Rod, uh, you know, the NFL combine is up the street. You know, they they do an NFL combine in uh in Indy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and they said it's gonna be like they said it's gonna be like in two, two or three weeks. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm already running. So all I did, I got in my car, I drove up. It wasn't a week like it is today. I mean, back then it was like two days. I went up, did my offensive thing, got on the field, ran, got back, went back to school, wasn't back in class in two days. So Dang. it was completely different. Completely <laughs> different than before. You know, man, no round trip there. No question, no question. But hey, that's a unique because most guys are taught to be narrow. But you talk about you wide in your base. Now, for you, you had opportunity to do that because you were so fast. Also, yeah, that's another thing. And and he allowed me to be me, right? So he Mm -hmm. instead of him saying, "Hey, you shouldn't do that," he was like, "Well, you can get out of it." And that's when I started realizing everybody's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And the coaches who kind of played the game before and played the position before know that. You know, yeah. like, you know, I looked at Namdi Asamoah. Namdi would have a wide base. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, how did this dude get out there? Like, he could, like, I couldn't do that. Yeah. Right. I couldn't get out that wide base, but Namdi did it and he mm-hmm. got out of it. He got and out of it. I just of, remember yeah. one thing that Dick would say all the time is he'll let you do it if you can. And if it's working, and he'll let you do it. Yeah. And I remember fast forward years later, um, Troy comes in and Troy, he's letting Troy do all this stuff and be himself inside of a system. And I called him. I said, cut it. Why are you letting Troy do all that stuff? He's like, because he can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Oh, <laughs> I hear you. But that's yeah. what he was, man. I mean, Dick is. Dick is the salt of the earth, man. He is the, one of the best uh, human beings. Yes, I echo I've all ever met in my lifetime. No question, no question. We had Coach LeBron, like I said, man. He he had some real good things to say about you and talk about your athleticism. Um, so man, Coach LeBron still uh, thinks highly of you 
like you think of him. So we all echo the same thing. I wish Pat P had an opportunity to play with Coach LeBeau because, man, oh, man, he, he man, take you, your you football now to another level. Loving, Pat P. Oh, no yeah. question. No question. So, of course, in 95, you you tore your ACL. Um, You, you found a way to got to get back healthy enough to participate in the Super Bowl. Uh, what did it mean for you, Rod, to come back four and a half months later for Super Bowl 30, despite only only playing just 12 snaps? You know, you had a PBU against Michael Irvin, but what did it mean for you to be able to get back? And 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 how was that experience for you? Were you 100% healthy during that Super Bowl when you played 12 snaps? No, no. I mean, if anybody knows, if you hurt your ACL, I mean, those are – you normally are better off the next year because your knee is still healing. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I, and I give a lot of love to uh, Bill Cower because uh, I remember well, we had the game on Sunday, um, had the meeting on Monday with the doctors and me and Bill and the, uh, the team orthopedic surgeon sitting in there. And I remember him saying, yeah, it might be a four to six month recovery. I said, uh, three, four months, two, 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 seven, you know? uh, hey, I can play. And Bill mm-hmm. looked at me and said, what? I said, I can come back in four minutes. Oof. Leave the door open. And he was like, I had to talk Bill into it now. Like, yeah. It ain't like he said, yeah, at the very beginning. I, mean, yeah. I had to talk him into it. But the great thing is we had so many great athletes in the secondary, you know, Colonel Lake, yeah. which I I don't think he gets enough credit for what how he's played and throughout his career is that, you know, Colonel Lake, a big old, he was an outside linebacker in college, came to us, played strong safety, dying. Yep. Played nickel when I got hurt. Moved Everything. the corner when I got hurt. With no gloves, by the way. With no gloves. Hey, with no gloves. He didn't have no elbow. He had nothing. Out now, there looking stink. <laughs> now, 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 wait. To go back, when he first started playing, he came to practice. He had pads all on. I said, bro, you're going to be taking the pads off because these dudes can run. <laughs> like, you, you're going to try to be as light as possible. Right. Try yeah. to chase these little dudes around. And, but I mean, Carnell. Carnell played, they, 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 you know, they allowed him to be there. But Bill Cower letting me play and our team play with only 52 players on the active roster the whole year. I mean, that was that was major. And, you know, obviously nobody else got hurt. Um, I got to play in my first Super Bowl. And I really did it because as a player, you never know when you're going to go to Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, you, you never, I mean, the year before, we should have won. And we lost in the, that final game and the final plays. You know, so not really knowing and not knowing my future either, right? I didn't know I was going to eventually leave Pittsburgh and go to somewhere else and, and have an opportunity to play in two more Super Bowls. I didn't know that. Yep. I just knew this at this moment, I want to play with my guys. And if Bill gave me that opportunity, which he did, which most coach, most coaches would have not. Most yep. coaches would have put me on iron and done with it. But at least Bill listened to me and um Allowed me to have that opportunity. I'm 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 indebted to him the rest of my life. I mean, I talked to him like a month ago. I talked to Dick like a month ago. Yep. Um, and all those guys who who impacted me some way in some form, some fashion. I'm I'm indebted to those guys for the rest of my life. No doubt. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And um, speaking of the Super Bowl, Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Was it you played in the Super Bowl across the same field of Deion Sanders? Was there a type of, of rivalry between you guys in the 90s? Or did the media no, try to, I mean, you know how the media no. is, the media is nowadays? And uh, similar to, to uh, with you and uh, Richard Shervey, remember how Pat? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was there any <laughs> Rich had a, had a good one? <laughs> no, because me, I, I had a different game. Yeah, yeah. I, like I love Dion, right? I, I, I'm a different person than Dion. Dion is flashy, you know. He, he he's in the media. I'm not in the media. I mean, I do I do games and stuff like that. I call games, but I'm not in the media like that. He's a great promoter of himself. But he's a player, and he's a different type of player to me, though, right? Yeah. I mean, he's a pure cover guy where I'm a more blue-collar worker. I'm going to play outside corner, nickel, dime, safety. I don't care where you put me. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to be on the field. Yep. Yep. Let, he, let me be on the field. I'm going to be on the field, and I can play at any position. And, you know, and Dion, you know, Dion was just completely different to me, faster. He was faster than I was. Um, I can't say he had better hands than I did, but he, he played. he got to play <laughs> offense. Yeah, he got to play off as more than I did, uh-huh. but you know, we never had that type of ride. We have much respect for each other. I used to, I used to go to his events. He used to come to my events, yeah. and I, mean, I still, you know, I, I texted him another day about you know seeing the injury with that he has uh, right now in Colorado as a coach. Yeah, you know, I send him a much love. Like, man, get better. Hopefully, everything goes well for you and the fam. Yeah, I got one more for you uh, in that same uh, in the same game because uh, Jerry Rice played in that game, right? And that's Jerry. No, no, not that Super Bowl. No, not that Super Bowl. Jerry. Oh, the, Jerry oh, no. Okay. Yeah, no, Jerry. We played Jerry the year before. Okay. And uh, they beat us in the opening game. I think the score is like 17 or 13 or something like that. Okay. 14, something like that. How, how was it? How was it going up against old Jerry Rice? Because obviously, you know, I never really had the opportunity to talk to a DB. That played about against him, right? Yeah. See so many great films of, of him, how he worked. He remind me so much of Larry Fitzgerald, the way he worked in practice and how he finished right. catches and things like that. Yeah. Give me the scoop on how was it going up against old Jerry Rice? I mean, Jerry's, I mean, he's real deal now. And, you know, everybody say he wasn't fast, but when that ball went in the air, <laughs> I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he did it. But he did it. Uh, <laughs> I think. I think the biggest thing is is like, you know, I only played against. I only played against Jerry once. Mm-hmm. Right oh. in my in my time frame of being with the Steelers, I only oh, wow. played against him. Um, you know, then I got to play with him when I went to the 49ers. San, yeah, San Francisco. Yep. And that's, and that's when I got to see the dude. My dude, dude works. Yeah, he's a pro. Pro. Yeah. And that's what you realize. You realize all the really good players normally are pros pros right they don't you don't have to tell them what to do you don't have to say where they're going to be they're going to be there yeah they're going to be there before the coaches are there right and they're going to coach the other players just like the coach is and that's what that's what it really it feels like i mean that's really what it is to play against like a jerry rice and play against jerry i knew i had to be at the top of my game and in my head i had to say no scenes no post no goals 
Oh, and yeah. If I let him get on top of me, he's going to embarrass me. I ain't going to let him embarrass me. Now. Like, not, yeah. Especially when we him at home, too. I'm like, no, nah, I ain't going to let you get on top of me. And he got on top of me the one time, and uh, Greg Lloyd made him step up, and then and, uh, Steve Young threw it and threw a little short, and I called it a one-hander interception, but, I, like, that's the oh. only time. <laughs> if you were to do it out there. He had you. He, he might have had me. You think but, so? Yeah. <laughs> but, the, hey, hey, Rod, you had that 4-2 also now, so just because he throw it out there doesn't mean he going to get it. Yeah, but that's why I say, hey, the rush and coverage, they go hand in hand now. Facts. Oh, yeah. Facts. Facts. <laughs> question. Best friend alert. Uh, no doubt about it. Hey, one last question before we transition to the superlative part. You had an opportunity to go play with the rivals in the Baltimore Ravens, playing in your second Super Bowl, which was Super Bowl thirty five. When did you know you guys had the Giants and how good was your defense? Because, you know, there's so many debatable topics about the best defense to ever do it. And I like to mention Dick LeBeau talked about our 2008 defense. When you talk about statistically yeah. speaking, uh, we did something that no other defense has done before. But your defense had quite a few Hall of Famers. But just take, take us through that mindset in Super Bowl 35. When did you knew when did you know? You had the Giants right where you need them to be, and also how good was your defense? Honestly, we knew who was going to beat the Giants when me and Ray, after because we thought we thought Minnesota was going to beat the Giants, uh huh, because Minnesota had a squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah everybody thought squad, Minnesota was going to beat the Giants. Shoot, they, they, uh, and I was kind of like, man. I don't know, I don't know if we can beat Minnesota because these dudes are these dudes are pretty freaking good. I mean, they can yeah. score on anybody. And then when yep. when the Giants won. Me and Ray was watching film. Man, we cut the film off about a quarter and two. We're like, man, if they get across the 50, we clear. <laughs> we, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. Like, they're going to try to run the ball against us. Wow. He run the ball against us. We had, yep. we had Tony Saragusa and Sam Adams inside. They, they wasn't going to run the ball inside. Mm -hmm. Then we had Peter Bowyer, Michael McCrary, and Rob Burnett on the outside. That's like, they're not going to run the ball against us. Yeah, they're gonna try to run the ball, which they hard headed, which they tried to. Yeah, they couldn't do that, and then they tried to throw it every now and then. And that got picked a couple of times. So I mean, <laughs> I, we knew. Uh, we, so when we said if they if they get across the fifty, and they did one time. Uh huh. They did one time against us that that we'll we, we, we'll walk with the field. <laughs> <laughs> they got off. They got across the fifty one time. At, one time. The, I think it's like the. Third, sometime in the third quarter. Uh huh. That was it. That's yeah. awesome. Like, and how and how good was your defense in totality? Like, I mean, we saw it, of course, but you were a part of it. Like, yeah, you know, I played in such. I played in some good defense with the Steelers. Yeah, we, we had some. We had some. We had some good defense. We're getting after people, getting it. rush defenses. You know, interceptions, sacks. When you just talk about like statistically scoring defense, let's go there. Yeah. That's where the that's the part that we were looking at, right? And we we talk about the eighty five, really the eighty six Bears who had the scoring record at that one point. We beat that record by twenty six points or something like that. We shattered that record. Mm -hmm. You just you know we had that we just had a good blend of guys that they could play inside. We had leaders on the front line. We had leaders in the in the linebacker core, and we had leaders in the back end. And it kind of just all blend. And Marvin, you know, Marvin, who was in Pittsburgh with us yep. back in the day when Bill first got there, right? We we're running that. We we're really running that Pittsburgh defense out of a four-three. So it was some of those same concepts that we used to do in Pittsburgh. We mm -hmm. took it there, and all the stuff that we did in Pittsburgh as players, 
I took it there. Like when we had our own Friday Friday afternoon meetings and no coaches were in the meetings and just the players and we're giving a, the call sheet and we're giving out the calls and we're going through the whole game and everybody's making out their calls so we can get a good feel for how we want to play together. Should we, you know, we, I took that to Baltimore. The same thing that we did in Pittsburgh. And, you know, it was, it was basically ingrained in me in Pittsburgh to do it the right way because you got to take ownership. Yep. And then each year we got a little bit better. First year we was not that good. We were six and ten. The second year we were a little bit better. We're eight and eight. And the third year it clicked, and uh, that's the year that we was really good. But then also Marvin, Marvin had some really good game plans, and that's yeah. why he got the opportunity to be head coach of Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was seeing seeing Ray Lewis kind of blossom. <laughs> one of the best backers to ever played. Um, and the young corners that we had, and I got to go play my natural position at safety, which I, I that's what I wanted to play anyway when I came with the league. Uh, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. But, you know, statistically, scoring-wise, one of the best ever. But then I also, people always ask me, I'm like, yeah, but when I, I play those teams, some of the teams I play with, you know, some of the defense I played with Pittsburgh, we had some dogs. We would get after people. Yeah, you know, you're talking about Lloyd, Kevin Green. Kevin Green. <laughs> A lot of people don't remember. Um, but man, Chad Brown, Chad Brown from Colorado, Colorado Chad Brown is yeah. probably the best blitzing linebacker, especially from the middle of the field that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like we were running inside fire zone, inside fire zone. Yes, sir. Y'all ran inside too. We used to all oh, coach the voice. I love that inside like fire the matrix that cross come in, jump, turn sideways and everybody's coming at him and he's looked like he's going to slow motion. Then he just speeds up and, and gets to the quarterback. I'm like, He's the real deal. Yeah, Chad Brown, number ninety-four. He used to be out there with those uh, those Warwick Duns, the, the strap with the Nikes. I remember Warwick Duns used to wear at Florida State. Yeah, right on that yeah. turf in Three Rivers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, so before we let you go, Rob, we're gonna transition to the superlative part of our show. We're gonna hit you with rapid fire questions. We want your honest, unbiased answer. The first one I got for you, I know Steeler fans will love to hear this, and I don't want to cop out. I need you to give me the answer. Right. An all-time Steelers secondary. If you can give us your top four guys wow. from the Steelers organization all time, or if you want to add a fifth to be your nickel or your dime, you're the coach. You've been coaching. You've also been a player. Your all-time Steelers secondary consists of who? Oh, my gosh. That's tough, man. Okay. Yeah, and no so cop-out. We got we, we It's your list. See. This is your I'm going to go, okay, first corner, Mel Blunt. <laughs> yep. Right. Second corner. Yourself. Myself. Yep. Safety, Donnie Shell. Yep. Safety, Troy Palomalo. Yep. And I'm going to go one more. I'm going to go playing nickel. Well, it could be nickel dime. I mean, yeah. Cause I got Carnell Lake in there, cause Carnell was one of those dudes. But I mean, the 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 fifth one is kind of hard, cause I think we had so many great defensive backs that got overlooked for a lot of different things over our over our time frame of being around. Is I mean, Willie Williams was a player. Willie Will, twenty seven. Ike Ike was a player. Yeah. You know, heck, shoot, you were a player. I mean, we had man, we had so many good players that I think got overlooked. Because there were so many great players who come through Pittsburgh, and there's so yeah. many Hall of Famers who have great, come yeah, through there. No yeah, the guys who have played at a really high level got kind of overshadowed by, you know, like when I played there the whole time, 
Carnell didn't get the love. Mm-hmm. And then the whole time that Troy was there, everybody else didn't get the love. Right. So it's like, I, I thought there's, there's so many other guys, but I think those four, oh. I think that's a solid <laughs> second. <defense. laughs> that more than solid. Like I think, I think Mel Blunt Ooh. is the best corner ever to play in the national football league. Yeah. I mean, dude, no just, argument. I don't know if you've met him yet, Pat. Um, yeah, I have. Yeah, how big that dude is big, massive, huge man. I tell you, look, when I was, no I remember my rookie year, he came in and my, I was after a practice and I was looking down and I saw these big cowboy boots. I looked up, I was like, Oh, Mr. Blunt, I, I stood up. Well, heck, I stood up and he was another three inches taller than me. Yeah. <laughs> and he was wearing these, he was wearing that big cowboy hat, he was wearing that big cowboy buckle with the big boots. And I was like, You play corner, yeah, like, oh my that, goodness, that That's wasn't unfair. fair. No, yeah. And then that's why they got the five yard chuck rule. Yeah, yeah. He was killing, he was killing cats. No question. Yeah. That's a that's a solid. That's more than a solid secondary. Yourself, Mel Blunt, Donnie Shell, and Troy Palomalo. I like that four against anybody. Yeah, anybody. Yeah, line no them, line them up. Mount Rushmore of NFL cornerbacks all time. The top four Ooh. cornerbacks of Cornerback. all time. National. Well, Mel. That's that's one. Mel. Yep. Male off time. Yeah, on the Mount Rushmore of cornerbacks. I'll go. I'm gonna go Dion. Yep. Um. See, I like I like the old school guys, man. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put Lim Barney in there. Uh huh. Played with Coach LeBeau. He played with Dick. Yep. Yep. I think he um, had what fifty-eight picks or something like that. Fifty-six yeah, or fifty-eight or something like that. that yep. That's back in the day when they was only throwing the ball like ten times. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Uh, I'm not going to put myself in it. Okay. But you know, I because I thought I was a, I thought I was, I thought I was one of the best defensive backs to ever play. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I don't care what position you say. If you want to play corner, I'll play corner. You want me to play nickel, I'll play nickel. You want me to play safety, safety I'll play safety. I'll, yeah. Just put me out there. I'm on, you know, I'm a Swiss Army knife. I'll, I'll play any position you want me to play. Um, last one, I'm either going to go with, let me see. I don't know if I want to go with, I think I'm going to go with Revis. Ooh, nice. I go, I go, you know what I, what I love about Reeves is that he was so patient at the line. Oh, extremely patient, man. I mean, like, like the dude didn't even worry. Like it didn't matter no, who he was going he had, against. It didn't matter. Like he had no, he had like no anxiety. Like the dude just at like, all. he just sitting there. Like the dude is moving around. He's just waiting for him to, to release. And then he just kind of punches him. Man, so, I mean, no I, question. I, I would go Revis. I would go Revis. I love it. I love it. Okay, last question for you. Fastest player you ever played against or played with? So, the fastest player I ever played against was Daryl Green. Daryl Green. How fast now, is Daryl Green? The fastest receiver I've ever played against probably was um, Anthony Miller. Played, okay. for the, um, played for the Chargers back in the day. I mean, uh-huh. he can. 81, right? I think he was 81. 81, yeah. yeah. He, could, he could roll. He mm-hmm. could roll. James Lofton could roll. Oh, yeah. Long James, leg, long yep, strider. Long, yep. James I didn't know could, James was that fast. James can put him up and put him down. Um, Trying to think the, the uh, oh, shoot, like James Jett. Oh, oh, yeah. James Jett can run. James Jett ran past me one time in the game so fast. I'm <laughs> like, 
I'm glad to say he didn't. I'm glad the, the, the quarterback didn't see it because he was gone. <laughs> um, James Jett, it was another receiver. Was an, oh, Willie Go. Willie Go. Yeah. Yeah. Played against Willie. Yeah. I mean, all those guys, all those guys that ran track that laced them up. I mean, all them guys can run. Can go. No question. No question. Hey, that's a great, great list. And I'm pretty sure these guys get a chance to hear it. They're going to definitely appreciate the love you were able to give them. Rod, man, thank you for joining us. All things covered. 11 time. You guys. Pro Bowler, nine time, all pro, Super Bowl champion, pro football Hall of Famer. And for the kids out here, don't know who Rod Wilson is 71 interceptions. 32 from recovery, 17 touchdowns. Do your homework, study the game, understand the game, because he paved the way for all of us in regards to playing defensive football, playing in the secondary. Rod Woodson is the guy who paved the way for us young lads to try to do the same thing or something similar to that, that he's been able to do. Steeler fans love him. Dick LeBeau love him. Everybody loves him. Number 26 for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but number one in your heart. Thank you, Rob, for joining us. Hopefully, I get a chance to see you. Well, you go, are you going to check out the Steelers? Oh, you know what? The Steelers come to Vegas. No, Week three. You know what? Well, no, but, you know, the, one of the other teams that you guys play against, they offered me a job. Oh. And I, I called the games for the Purple and Black. Oh, oh, so you won't be able to call, you won't be able to attend because you will be calling games. I'll be, I'll, for, be, I'll, be, I'll be in the booth. I'll be in the you'll booth. You'll be in the booth. But, but yeah, I'll you will be in the building. They, you will be in the building when they play. And when I come when I come to Pittsburgh, I always come a couple of days early just to check out my boy Tracy Foster. Yeah. Uh, shots and, shots out to Tracy, PNW, BMW. Yeah. Yeah. PNW, yes, sir. Yeah. Foreign cars over there. Yes, sir. Um, if you if you need a car and you're in Pittsburgh, go to PNW, by the way. You're gonna give you a plug. You go. we, Mike Brown, shouts out to Mike Brown as well. <laughs> DJ Mike Brown. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, well, congratulations. I mean, I'll, I'll, no, yeah, I'll be I, you know, I've done that for the last two years. So, you know, okay. I, I'll be at uh I don't get to go to that game, but I'll be at two of the games. So gotcha. I'll, I'll be down on the field. Where are you living at? I'm in Atlanta. Are oh, you in Hot Atlanta? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. That middle jersey behind you. What high school was that? That's uh, Hollywood MacArthur. That's my high school jersey. So I got the high school jersey there, and of course Florida State, and I got the Steeler joint. Yeah. Why, why did you Why did you get eight when you went to? Oh, that's, they didn't really have gave out those type of numbers when you when you oh, played. Oh no, no, they just did that a year ago. And Pat P just informed all of us that the Steelers are not giving a single digit to any skill position player. Really? They're gonna keep the tradition, the tradition. Okay. So if you play in the I like secondary, that. I like that. I you're like not getting that. a single digit. With the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> Pat P informed all of us that that's okay. not happening. They're not having it. They're gonna keep it. They're gonna keep it what it is. Keep it the way it should be. Yes, yes, yes. So, so yeah, I like but I, I have no issue with that either because you talk about the Steelers. That's a a a a a, a, a thorough organization. They've been doing things for such a long time. The same way, heck, you just talked about inside fire zone. Y'all was running inside fire zone. We ran inside fire zone. Like you know what I mean. Uh-huh. So basically, say defenses that. You guys ran in the late 80s, early 90s. We ran as well. So you ran you ran Buster? Bust two Buster. Yes, sir. That corner better make sure he see that end man and don't be late. (laughs) (laughs) You better show up in that run that run game. You better show up. Yes, sir. They count on you because you know that thing break out a little bit. You better be able to keep it in. Don't let it get outside you. Yes, sir. That two buster. Hey, when I first got there, I was like two buster for our listeners and our viewers. That was one of our one of our best run calls because the two corners had to be 
committed to the run game. That was an extra hat. And if, as right. you guys know, being fans of the game, you don't expect for corners to show up in run support, especially in a cover two like Shell. But for us, we see that in-man fire off. We're coming. Yeah, we we rolling. We rolling. Yeah. I mean, what, 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 what was great about the two buster though is when if if two went to the flat, he was covered by that backer. And yep. we could kind of sit a little bit softer and we could take a curl, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of threw people off, man. It I mean, that was like that was like when I when I started seeing like the stuff that Dick had, and I was oh, like, man. this stuff, how, like if you learn how to disguise it, oh, oh man, as a corner. You can make up as an athlete, you can make a lot of great plays. And for us, we had the ultimate magician in Troy. So oh, talk yeah. about us running two buster, and for our listeners, our viewers, two buster was a generic cover two, right? We ran a three-four. You got three down linemen, two outside rushers, two inside backers, the corner, both safeties. But what we would do is Troy would line up in the box. So now as a quarterback. You're thinking we're playing a, a cover uh, a cover one, cover seven, or cover three. And what we would do as corners, we would probably get seven to eight yards deep. So to yep. make it look like cover three, and the backside yep. safety would get in the middle of the post. Right. So now you're not anticipating us being in any kind of two-shell look with Troy in the box. But what Troy would do is, right when he gets into the cadence, the quarterback, now he's going to shoot up out of there. Right. And now we roll into my... <laughs> My cover two alignment. And by that time, we got you right where we need you to be. Yep. Yep. Disguise is so important in defensive play. And I talk about that all the time. If you show what they're doing, you show them what you're doing, they're going to they get you. But right. if you make them think something otherwise than what you're actually doing, they're going to play right into your hand. That's what we used to And Dick LeBoy used to allow us to have that free, that see, free will to do that. And see, that's what makes Dick so special as a coach. Because most coaches won't let you do it. No, no. Coaches no. like I they told won't. you to get out there, be one yard inside the numbers, be yeah. there. Don't leave. Don't leave the hat. I mean, this constantly. But Dick would allow you to like experiment and try things to see how it worked out, mm-hmm. and allow you to as long as you don't disguise yourself out of your coverage. Right. Yep. That's one of the main rules. Yeah. Disguise yourself out of your own coverage and out of your own rules or your own responsibilities. But he allowed his players to do that. And that, to me, what makes a great coach. A yes. great coach doesn't do all the X's and O's. Yeah, the X's and O's help. But he allows his players to be comfortable inside of the system, man. Yes. And that's what's, that's one of the main reasons Dick LeBeau is so great and so loved. He allowed us all his players. First of all, he showed them a lot of love. Mm-hmm. And, respect. and respect. And respect. And respect. And But he allowed those guys to be themselves inside of the system. Yes. Yeah. He, he he was a great coach. And with him allowing us to do that. And as long as everybody's on the same page, man, we we we, we didn't play like we we had a, a filter on us. No, everybody right. talk about it. If Troy want to do this, Mac, you know what you got to go do. You know, you got to replace Troy or, or vice right. versa, whatever the case may be. And quarterbacks didn't have no answer. I mean, oftentimes you saw 43 bouncing around the line of scrimmage, but most of the times he was going to get up out of there at some point in time. Right, and then right. he might hit that little, that the instincts come in where he just might go. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? He <laughs> might go. It might be a two man situation. He's supposed to be the half safety. He's like, I'm going, I'm blitzing. Like you're going to be on your own right now, but they can't right. account for him because he's not supposed to be blitzing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And see, most coaches would pull that, that player to the side and say, you can't ever do that again. Yeah. 
not LeBeau. You know, not LeBeau. So that's yeah. that's that's the one thing that that's that I loved about Dick, man. Dick, not I mean, obviously outside of him just being such a great human being, but him allowing us to just be us, yeah, on the field and to try those experiments and see what works. And the one thing I really love, what most coaches don't do, if we had a question mark about one of the blitzes he brought up, mm-hmm. and we're like, hey, Coach, we don't understand that one. He'd throw it out. Yeah. I don't know if he did that with you guys. Yeah. But I know he was either. I mean, it's, it's, it's gone for the week. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. most of the coaches, most coaches, like, make you, or no, you can get it, you can get it. Then you, you're not comfortable with it all week. You get in the game, you call it. And you're still and, not and, comfortable. And, it don't work. You're still not comfortable. Yeah. I like this about uh, Dick LeBeau as well. He will always tell us the strength of the defense and where you might be a little vulnerable. You know, like we play that cover six and I got to be heavy inside because I ain't got no post help. My safety might be gone. He going to tell you, and listen, <laughs> they inside that post. They not supposed to get that because you don't have no help. They get that. That's a touchdown. Now they hit you right. with the comebacks and the outs. Let's see if they want to do that the length of the football field. They don't want to do that. They, they, so you might be a little vulnerable to that out that comeback. Play football, play football. Yeah. But just yeah. know if he gets inside and you, he gets inside, you better make a play because if you don't, that's seven and that's what we don't want. So his theory was right. let's see if that offensive coordinator and that quarterback, if they're willing to drive the length of the football field, going the doing it the hard way, hit you with the out yeah. here. Hit you with the comeback here. And he said this too, Rod, that made so so much sense. He said, most coordinators, 85, 90% of coordinators are egocentric. They have to feed their ego. And he was, and we were like, what do you mean by that, coach? He said, think about the game of football. How many times have you been in the game or watched the game? First down, an offense runs the football. They gain six yards. It's second and four. The normal thing to do on second down to call would be another running play. But what they do, they call a passing play. If you gain six yards on the first attempt running the football, you're in second and four, run it again. But he said, no, they have to feed their ego. He said, if you, if I call the game knowing that as a coach and you play the game knowing that as a player, you will always be one step ahead of the offensive guys you're going against and that offensive coach. And now, Rod, as a fan, when you watch the game for our listeners, and I I, absolutely they run the ball first down, you get seven yards. Why are you throwing the ball on second and three? Why? It's like, what are we doing? (laughs) Like, what are we doing? Like, run it. And guess what? You throw it on second and three, second and four. It's an incomplete. We already know what you're gonna do on third down. You're throwing it again. Right. (laughs) No, hey, listen, and you talk about cover six. Man, that's the one coverage I could not stand at corner, bro. That's the one coverage I'm like. (laughs) If you get if they got inside you and, oh. Oh, and they keep your safety up, it was no help until the other side of the field. <laughs> yeah, because you that safety might be going, and that receiver got a lot oh. of grass to, to run with, to play with. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, man. Oh man, no, that, man that, that's... I appreciate you, man. I definitely yes, sir. appreciate you, man. Absolutely, Thank you. Man. Love watching you play. I love the way you represented the black and gold, man. I love the way that you stayed around the black and gold too, man. Absolutely. Once you once you wear that black and gold, you kind of wear it for life, man. For life. It. Yes, yes. Other, other, other prolific organizations are out there, but there's only one when it comes to the Steelers. The fan base, the tradition, the prestige, how recognizable it is. 
I mean, yeah. the Steeler Nation, man, it's different. And you yeah, know that. Right yeah, everywhere. Yeah, you know, when you play with different organizations, you really get a chance to see, wow. Yeah, like it's different right. in Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? So Steeler Nation is definitely going to love to get a chance to hear and see the great living legend, Rod Woodson, man, one of the best to ever do it. And even though he didn't have himself on the Mount Rushmore of cornerbacks, you already know he's on the Mount Rushmore cornerbacks. <laughs> so we just going to keep it like that. Hey, Rod, thank you for joining us. Best of luck man, to you I and your family. You, stay healthy. Stay safe. Hopefully, man, at some point in time, definitely like i like to get a chance to see you, man, take you out to some dinner. I come out to Vegas or you come out to Atlanta. Either or. You're going to be at the uh, you, you're gonna be at the game uh, when the Ravens play the Steelers in Pittsburgh? Uh, potentially. I'm not quite sure yet. But if I do, I'll give you a heads up. Yeah, give me a heads up, man. I, I, I mean, obviously, I'm gonna come out early. Yeah, uh, come we'll be with uh, we'll be with some of my fellas over there and uh, kick it. And if you if you're there, we can get together. Yes, sir. Sound like a game plan. I love it. Absolutely, man. I, I appreciate you, man. Uh, man, I, I love watching you guys play. I love watching you guys keep up our tradition. Really, I keep up the tradition that I, when I came in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that culture in Pittsburgh has been rooted for so long. Yeah. And still seeing the Mel Blunts and I obviously, you know, Franco Harris passed away. You feel sorry for that. And yeah. Great human being. But all the other guys that are still around that area that, you know, that get to come around. But meeting those individuals, the Jack Lamberts and Hams and all those guys, and then see the other guys come through it and still uphold that same culture and that same that same essence about what it is to be a Steeler, man. It's It's awesome to see. No question. No question. Likewise, likewise. Well, Rod, thank you for joining me, man. Appreciate you. All things covered. Rod Woodson, we'll see you when we see you. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Yes, sir.